Life Audio. Christian Parent Crazy World with Catherine Seegers is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. Welcome to Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you raise godly kids. In an ungodly world. I'm your host, Katherine Seegers, and today's episode tackles this critically important question How do you live biblically when everyone around you isn't? Or a lot of people around you aren't. In other words, how do you live a countercultural life? Good question, huh? Yeah. So we are in the middle of a series on being a countercultural Christian, and I've got six guidelines for you. I gave you the first two in the last episode when I talked about how to swim upstream in a downstream culture. If you didn't catch that episode, that's okay. I'm going to do a quick review, but I definitely recommend going back and catching that episode if you haven't. Actually, I recommend catching them all while you're at it. But in the last episode, I compared us to those shiny silver. Silver salmon who are who are compelled to swim upstream against all the odds, the the current, the debris, gravity, everything, and everyone else who is swimming downstream in order to reach their destination upstream. As believers in this very lost culture, we need to be like those those silver salmon. We need to learn how to swim upstream. And we need to teach our kids how to do that as well. In this episode, I want to review those first two steps for you very quickly and give you a few more resources that I think are going to help you on your upstream journey with your kiddos. And then I have four more steps or guidelines that you can take with your children in order to swim upstream and be a countercultural Christian. That's the plan. Let's get started. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. But look around you, your family, your faith, they're not in the way. They are the way. From the creators of Jesus Revolution comes the incredible true story. It's going to be dangerous and scary and giving up. It's not an option. The story of one family's journey from down under to center stage. Unsung Hero, a for King and Country film starring Candace Cameron Bure and Terry O'Quinn. In theaters now. Visit unsunghero.movie to learn more. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. 
In the last episode, I shared with you those first two steps, and the first one simply cannot be emphasized enough. It can't. That is, we must know the Word. We must know the Bible, and we must teach it to our children. You know, I I talked about how, as a culture, we become factos intolerant. And by that, I mean we don't we don't learn things like like we used to. We don't learn scripture like we used to. We don't memorize it. So I gave you some really great tips on how to do that with your kids. And, you know, it's really not that hard. It's not as hard as you would think. But we cannot live what we do not know. But, you know, it occurred to me this last week that we also need some resources to help us understand and apply the word as well. And I wanted to share a couple of my favorite go-to resources with you. Just a few that I think are going to be a tremendous blessing to you and your kids. Now, I'm going to break it down into age groups. For for younger kids, and that's like ages probably eight or so and below, one of the things that my kids enjoy is a website called Keys for kids. They produce a daily audio devotional that is about like four and a half minutes long. It's right at their attention span. I don't know about you, but I love anything where I can, you know, just hit a play button and sit back and let somebody else do a little bit of the work. You know, that is awesome. And after the devotional, we have a little conversation to apply what the kids have just learned. Each devotional starts with the word. They start with a scripture verse and they use a little story to get the message across. My young kids, they they really enjoy it. It's something they ask to listen to. Just a word of caution though, they do deal with some some tough topics like sickness and loss and even death sometimes. So you can read through the devotional before you start it just to make sure it's appropriate for your kids. This website also has an audio series of wholesome stories that you can enjoy with your kids as well, all free. It's all there. So I'll, I'll post a link for all of these uh, resources for you in the link section. Another resource that I love for young kids, I, I just found this year. As you know, I, I mentioned before that we have five kids and I have had <laughs> a lot of kids Bibles over the years, like more than I could possibly count. But my youngest just turned four and her aunt gave her a Bible this year that is, that is hands down the best kids Bible we've ever had. I, I can't even tell you how impressed I am with this Bible. It blesses me. It's called the Jesus Storybook Bible. Every single story in this Bible points towards Jesus. It is so amazing to see how all the stories in the Old Testament are pointing towards the Messiah. And I love teaching this fact to my kids at a very young age. I love connecting those dots for them. And I've never found a Bible that did this before. Not only that, it is so well written. I, you know, I just love reading it. It is written to be read out loud. Now, I know you probably have a million kids' Bibles, or I don't know, maybe you don't. But even if you do, this is a must-have. It is my go-to Bible for our young kids. Now, for older kids, uh, we have used a series that I loved a few years back from a curriculum called Apologia. You may recognize that term if you've listened to many episodes of this podcast. Apologia is the Greek word which means to defend one's position. Now, this is a four-part textbook series, and it's called What We 
believe. And it sets out to create a very firm, thorough, and comprehensive foundation for the Christian faith. It uses history and stories and a lot of scripture to teach these principles. We, you know, we finished it a few years back and I'm really considering starting the whole series again to reinforce these principles with our kids because I, I, I really love the way they do it. So that might be something worth checking out if you're looking for something really thorough and comprehensive for your older kids. But recently I discovered what has become one of my all time favorite Bible resources. This website is called The Bible Project. I feel like we need special effects there because I love this website so much. You know, some of my friends were raving about it and I finally checked it out and it is absolutely blown me away. And I have a very high bar for this kind of stuff. I just do. So the Bible Project produces videos that are about like five to six minutes long and they cover all aspects of the Bible. I I would recommend starting with their section on how to read the Bible, which delves into what the Bible is and and the literary styles and how to read the biblical narrative and biblical prose and biblical poetry. It gets pretty deep in these little videos. I don't don't know how they do it. They're amazing. Uh, There's an another section on different themes in the Bible, and they have a whole section that contains an overview of each and every book of the Bible. This website, it just, it goes on and on, and they keep creating new content. Let me tell you, these videos are so well done, and the information is incredible. They pack so much into one single video. I I often feel like we need to watch them several times and take notes. By the way, if you're curious, the duo who heads this project up are Tim Mackey and John Collins. Now, Tim has a PhD in Semitic languages and biblical studies, and John has a BA in biblical studies. And it shows these guys, they know the Bible and they are amazing at what they do. And this, and you know, it's a completely free resource. I, I know it's not, I, I don't get anything for recommending these guys. I'm just, like I said, I'm so blown away by what they've done. So hands down, the Bible Project, it's my new favorite resource to use with my kids on a regular basis. They love it and I love it. So I'm going to post links to all of these resources and feel, you know, feel free to email me with your favorite resource. Maybe I'll mention it in a future podcast. That would be fun, huh? So like I said, all of these resources are going to help you and your kids in the very first step we need to take in order to be a countercultural Christian and upstream swimming salmon. They're going to help you know the word. And you know what? They're going to help you with the second step Two, because the second step, very quickly, is focusing on those countercultural believers in the Bible and their inspiring stories. We need to focus on those people in scripture and history who swam upstream. So check out these resources because they're going to help you do just that. Now, let's keep going. Number three, question everything. We live in a culture that wants to tell us what to think. Don't listen to what our culture says mindlessly. Don't let your kids listen mindlessly either. Question everything and teach your kids to question everything too. I don't care if you are listening to the nightly news or a political debate or a Hallmark film or a sermon or you are reading Dr. Seuss. Question what you hear. Think 
critically compare the message you are hearing to truth, to reality, and whenever possible to what God says in his word. I teach my kids to question me. Sometimes, you know, (laughs) sometimes I don't like it when they do, and I do want them to question respectfully, but I tell them all the time, don't take my word for it. Ask questions. Seek truth. Find out for yourself. When you do this, and when your kids do this, you will find answers that stick, that satisfy, that anchor you, especially if you are going to God's word to find them. You know, I I heard a story recently that blew my mind. This is where we are heading as a culture. There's a woman who defected from North Korea. Her name is Yeon Mi Park. Through the help of, of Christian missionaries, she was able to flee to Mongolia. That is not an easy thing to do, by the way. North Korea is like one of the hardest countries to defect from. Now, Park is a student at Columbia University. Some might say that she has escaped the frying pan to find herself in the fire. Yeah, but this this girl gets it. Park says that she sees a lot of similarities between the totalitarian regime she grew up in and the education she is now receiving in the United States. <clears throat> You know, I'm going to link to an article where you can read more about this fascinating and courageous young woman. But here is what blew my mind. As a child growing up in this totalitarian communist nation, she was not allowed to ask questions. She was told what to think. And here's a startling example of what she believed growing up because she never learned to think critically. Park said, in North Korea, I literally believed that my dear leader was starving She is, of course, referring to Kim Jong-un, and if you haven't seen pictures of this guy, suffice to say, he ain't starving. He is um, robust, to say the least. But for many years, Park believed that Kim Jong-un was starving because that is what she was told to think, and she never questioned that. She goes on to say, and then somebody showed me a photo. Which, of course, she had seen his photos before. But somebody showed me a photo and said, look at him. And for the first time, Park realized that her leader was not starving. It was right there in a picture right in front of her. In fact, he, he was the opposite of starving. And, and for the record, the point isn't what his size was. The point is that he was starving his citizens. And he wanted to pretend like he was in the same boat as all of his subjects. Meanwhile, he was very indulgent with his appetites. He had all the food he could possibly eat. And he ate it while the North Korean people were starving. And they believed that their leader was starving just like they were. Why? Why did they believe that? Park tells us in this article, she says, because I never learned how to think critically. She never learned how to question. And this article talks about how our institutions of higher learning are not teaching our kids how to question and think critically. They are teaching our kids what to think. And if you aren't on board with what you are supposed to think, you will get canceled. Our universities are teaching students to be repositories of whatever ideology they are peddling at the moment. Don't fall for it. Don't let your kids fall for it. Question everything. We can even, we can even ask God questions respectfully, of course, but we should ask God and seek answers in His Word. Never 
Stop questioning. Number four, expect opposition. I have said this many times on this podcast, and I'm not trying to be redundant. It's just so critically important that we know what to expect. I don't want you and your kids to be blindsided. We need to expect opposition when we are swimming the opposite direction of our culture. We need to expect to stand out, to to ruffle feathers, to be ridiculed, or even canceled. We may even be persecuted. A lot of people are for their faith in certain parts of the world. In, in the U.S., not as much, but <laughs> things are changing, and we need to have an expectation of opposition and even perhaps persecution. Now, I don't think this qualifies as an example of persecution by any means, but it is certainly an example of opposition, the kind of opposition you might expect to have if you are living out your faith. There was this one time when my husband's integrity, his his unwavering commitment to honesty nearly cost him his job, his career. You know, some money had, had come up short in his bank, and he was told by his boss, a man named Stephen, who was not a Christian, by the way, that if he could just, quote unquote, find like just $5, that would be you know, enough to solve the problem. More money was missing, but that would get him over the the necessary threshold. In other words, he had to lie and say that this money that had been lost accidentally had magically turned up and he found it. His boss even offered to, quote unquote, find it for him. And to be clear, a mistake had been made somewhere along the line, either it hadn't been accounted for or it, it had gotten lost somewhere along the line. And my husband, he owned the mistake. It was an honest mistake, but he hadn't stolen anything. And he, and he wasn't willing to lie in order to fix this problem. That was a really rough week. And he, you know, he was suspended from work pending the outcome of this investigation. It was scary. We had I don't know if it was four or five kids at the time. I can't remember. But I do remember that it was a really hard time. But even still, we were at peace because we knew that we answered to a higher power than the human resource department at my husband's job. Now, most employees probably would have just, you know, lied to get out of a mess like that. But we couldn't. There are some things that are worth more than money, more than a job. Or a career. And we, we had a complete faith that God would exonerate my husband. And he, he did. Brian was, you know, eventually he was reinstated. And we ended up with a week off of work with pay. It, it all worked out. But it was not easy. What was and is more important was the witness Brian got to give to his boss. Stephen had been on our prayer list for for some time. He still is. We have prayed many years for this man to be saved. And, and he got to see that there are people who answer to someone higher than their boss or, or their HR director or the GM. There are people with a different standard in life that, that frankly he couldn't understand. And Brian got to share with Stephen during that time about his faith and what it meant to him and why it was worth losing a job over if it came to that. Our faith, our integrity, being honest is worth more than a job. Our hope and our security is in something much higher. That is a powerful message, a powerful testimony. 
when we swim upstream, we must expect opposition, even persecution sometimes. When, it, when that comes, trust that God has your back because he does. He will honor your commitment to swim upstream. Doesn't mean it'll be easy, but it is better to lose your job with God than keep your job without him. Number five, listen for God's voice. Look, I know this one is obvious, but I am amazed at how easy it is to to get out of the routine, to, to get sidetracked, or to just get my time with the Lord done so I can check it off my list because I am so busy. And I fail to sit still and listen, to be to be silent so that he can speak. Yes, you know, I, I need to read the word. I've already talked about that. I need to consume his word and commit it to memory if I can. Yes, I need to worship. Yes, I need to be in church and listen to enlightening, convicting messages from people who are anointed to preach and teach. But I also need to be silent before God and let him speak to me directly, one-on-one. We need to listen We need to learn the discipline of hearing God's voice. We need to teach our kids to listen for God's voice as well. Ask them if they've they've ever felt God nudge them and, and ask them how he might be speaking to them. Tell them what God has spoken to you. For example, I mentioned in the last episode that rough conversation I had with a friend and then then the Lord spoke to me so clearly through this little section in my Bible about swimming upstream like a salmon. It became the theme of this whole podcast, and I shared that little devotional with my kids and talked to them about swimming upstream, and I told them that God put that little message right where I happen to be in my Bible because I'm reading through the Old Testament right now, and I didn't arrive at that particular place in my Bible at that particular time by by accident. God orchestrated that. That is God speaking to me. Put your spiritual antenna up, way up, and encourage your kids to put their spiritual antennas up as well. Encourage them to listen for God's voice as you are listening for God's voice as well. If you are going to swim upstream in this downstream culture, you need to hear the voice of God speaking directly to you, clearly and often. And finally, for today, for this episode, number six. Have an eternal mindset. We need to be thinking about eternity. It's not easy being accused and ridiculed and canceled for living by a biblical standard that was never in style. Scripture says that you will be persecuted if you choose to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. Why in the world would you submit to persecution if you could avoid it? Why? Because we know that one day we will stand before God and he will reward our faithfulness. We know that standing on truth is the only foundation that will support us. We know that this life is a tiny little blip on the timeline of eternity. It, it's a vapor, a mist. And how we spend eternity depends on how we live our lives here. Now, don't live for this life. Teach your kids not to live for this life either. You know, there's there's a beautiful poem by C.T. Studd that, that contains a line we should all remember. 
Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. In the end, that's all that matters. Were we faithful? Did we stand strong? Culture is always flowing downstream. Always has been. Always will. Did we go with the flow? Or were we one of those shining silver salmons determined to swim the other way? If we want to be one of those fish, we need to know the word. We need to find encouragement in those who swam upstream before us. We need to question everything. We need to expect opposition and, and even persecution, which is why we need to listen intently for God's voice, all the while maintaining an eternal mindset. If we can do these things, and if we can teach our kids to do these things as well, we will be swimming the right way. You know, I actually have another critically important guideline that we need to follow if we want to swim upstream. But but this one was so rich, so deep. There was so much meat on the bones, so to speak, that I need to do a whole podcast on that topic alone. So in the next episode, I'm going to discuss how our culture works and where it is going from a spiritual standpoint. We are going to get the bird's eye view by examining cultures throughout history and leaning on our very good friend, Mr. C.S. Lewis. So you don't want to miss that one. It's going to be great. I want to thank you for joining me today. Look, I know there are a lot of things you could be listening to right now, and I really appreciate that you took this time to spend with me. I hope you will join me for my next podcast when we take aim at some aspect of our culture that threatens to derail our parenting and steal our kids' faith. If you enjoyed this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World, would you consider telling a friend and and sharing it on social media and giving it a good review and following me on Facebook and and Instagram? Oh, oh, I know. Maybe for your next family photo, your your Christmas photo, you could all wear Christian Parent Crazy World sweatshirts or or PJs or, or macrame sweaters. Hey, if you can knit a CPCW sweater, you go for it. That would be so cool. Oh, man. I want one. Hmm. Anyway, uh, and be sure to check out my website, which is katherineseegers.com. That's Catherine with a C. I have lots of articles and resources there that will help you on your parenting journey. I want to end this and every episode with a word of encouragement. God gave you your kids, your specific kids for a reason. That's because you hold the key to unlocking who God created them to be. We'll see you next time. Christian Parent Crazy World is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. To hear more from Catherine Seegers, visit her site, katherineseegers.com. If you enjoyed this episode, would you take a minute and leave us a rating and review in your podcast app? It really does help us connect to more listeners like you. A special thanks to Kelly Gibbons, Stephen Sanders, and Stephen McGarvey for their production and editing on this episode. You can find more podcasts like this over at lifeaudio.com.
Do you ever hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic? My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.